Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sales Vitamin Podcast. I'm your host, John Basong. I'll be deconstructing the playbooks of some of the most successful sales authors, leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, field sales professionals. We're going to discuss their strategies, their perspectives, and their insights. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your vitamins because here we go. What if there was a way that you could talk directly to an audience filled with your ideal prospects, while at the same time establishing your brand as an authority in your niche? Speaking to the right podcast audience will do exactly that. Statistically, more than half of podcast listeners are more likely to consider buying from a brand advertised on a podcast. You don't need your own podcast to do this. We can get interviews on existing podcast shows who are already broadcasting to your ideal customers. Go to podcastconnection.org now to get your first interview booked free of charge. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Sales Vitamin Podcast, where every episode is going to help you with your professional sales development. And today we have got a great guest. The sales maven is with us, Nikki Rausch, and she is a sales pros pro. She's been there and done that over 24 years of experience. We'll just call it 25 to be a, a nice round number. And uh, she's with us today. And we're going to talk about her unique approach and what she does and her coaching. So Nikki, it is great to have you on the sales vitamin podcast. We're honored to have someone like you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. And Don, it's so nice to meet you. And I'm just, I'm really thrilled to, to be here and have this opportunity to have a discussion with you. So let's talk about, uh, give the listeners kind of your background and how you started and, and uh, just high level where you're at and what you're doing, mm -hmm. but kind of your, your, your uh, background in the sales arena. So I am a professional sales person by trade yeah. and did that for many years. And I worked in the technology field and I started my very first professional sales job was really like a dialing for dollars type sales job, like outbound sales yeah. and then worked my way up to the manufacturer level and had a lot of success there. And while I was, um, working at the manufacturer level and at the time I was working for a big company, I was working for Hitachi America I got really interested in what's the difference that makes the difference between a successful sales conversation and something that's just kind of mediocre. And I started studying neuro-linguistic programming. Yes. So I have an extensive background in NLP because I really dove deep into it. Yeah. And I found that I, I really started studying NLP because I thought it'll make me a better salesperson, but I think it actually just made me a better person, maybe yeah. a better communicator. And, um, and, you know, had a lot of success there and then ended up starting my own business back in 2013 with this idea of teaching entrepreneurs and primarily women. I work with a lot of women, not, I do work with some men too, but primarily I focus on teaching women how to have more strategic sales conversations, how to move somebody through the conversation. Cause I think there's a lot of things out there around teaching um, like sales process and prospecting and all of that. But it's like, what happens when you get in the room with somebody or you get on the phone with somebody, what do you do then? So that's right. the piece that I focus on. Right. And the name, I love the name, the, the sales maven. Where did that come from? How did that, uh, where did that all uh, get started? <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> when I was deciding to start my company, um, 
I really wanted to have the word sales in it because I wanted to, you know, describe what, what it was you were going to learn. And people were like, people in my life are like, you cannot have sales in the name of your business first and foremost, because that'll freak people out. Nobody will pay you money to learn how to sell. So that was interesting. And then I didn't want to call myself the sales expert that kind of felt, you know, weird. So I was looking for a word that described how I would identify myself. And, you know, Maven really means expert. And so that's how, that's how it came about the sales Maven. I liked it. I thought it was a little bit more unique than like, you know, (laughs) sales.com. Like I wanted it to be a little more unique. Yeah. And, and you've got a, uh, you know, a a unique approach to what you do. You've written three books, uh, Mm -hmm. three good books and uh, also an ebook. And you've, one of your books I thought was really cool. It's uh, the staircase is what you call staircase selling. The the selling staircase. The selling staircase. Sorry about that. What does that entail? I mean, give me the high level and the listeners kind of the high level, because I thought that was a really cool name and uh, 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 from a selling process standpoint. Well, I love process. So I learned a lot of process in my studying neuro-linguistic programming. And I always think, well, in NLP, they say there's a structure to excellence. So if you can teach somebody a structure, what's the step-by-step process, then they can implement it and have similar results and success. So when I started teaching sales, I found that if I could put it into a process, which I picked the selling staircase. So that's what I named it. Actually, one of my clients named it that originally, um, (laughs) she was like, you're, you're teaching me the selling staircase. Cause I always said like, it's your job to move a client from step to step to step. And yeah. you want to get to this place where you exchange dollars for service or product or whatever it is that you're selling, but you can't just walk up to somebody and be like, Hey, do you want to buy from me? There's a process to it. And so I, so I teach it in this five-step process of how to move somebody through the conversation because if you know what step you're on, then you know what the next step is and how yeah. to move the client to the next step, or at least how to initiate that. And so it allows for you to determine, like, am I actually talking to a somebody who could potentially buy from me? Or is this somebody I need to, I would say, bless and release so that yeah. I can move on and go focus on, you know, the client, the, the real clients. Yeah. And so the neuro-linguistic, I can't even say it really, probably was... You know, you got it. Neuro-linguistic programming. The neuro-linguistic programming. Is that something that you certainly and definitely weave into your teaching? And and is that something you teach? And then what are the keys to that? What does that help the uh, the B2B or just the individual sales professional and probably a sales team? What, What are the keys that that brings to them? So it's very much a part of who, who I am now because it is incorporated. So it is a part of my teaching. I don't, give certificates in NLP for people who go through my training. Right. Although I certainly could, but I really have gone in and which a lot of people who have studied NLP have found ways to incorporate it into their business. So I would pick and choose the things that really for so many years, I got to test drive everything because I was working as a sales professional. And so I would pick the pieces that I would learn in NLP and I would apply them in my meetings and I would see like what worked, what didn't work, what was confusing, you know, what did I need to like tweak a little bit? So that's what I have brought into my business. But the the foundation of NLP, everything that it's taught on, the foundation of it is rapport. And that's a big part of how I show up and how I teach my clients to show up is I always say relationship first, rapport always. And as long as you can stay in rapport with somebody 
you can move them through the process and or identify that this is not the, you know, like, this is not an ideal client or this is right. not the right person or they're not going to buy, but you still want to keep the rapport intact. So the foundation of everything is rapport, but then there's all these other pieces that you can bring in from NLP, which salespeople have been learning some of this stuff for years, probably not taught from the NLP perspective, but like matching and mirroring, you know, what do you yeah. do? You know, how do you adjust yourself and adjust your tone and adjust your facial expressions and body language to, you know, elicit more rapport? How do you pick up the client's, you know, key phrases and use those when you're delivering back the proposal because now you're speaking their language. Right. So that's a very NLP type process. Yeah. And then how do you issue certain types of questions and or what are known as like embedded commands that yeah. encourage somebody to take action? And these are all things that have been taught in a lot of different ways in sales. I think I just have a way of really simplifying it and making it like, here it is, this is what you say, and this is this is likely the result you're going to get. Yeah. And those, uh, that neuro-linguistic, I'm sure that has to be practiced a lot. I remember uh, when I was first starting out in the, the truck rental and leasing industry, one of the methods we learned was the Socratic method. And so we were repeating everything you said. It almost was robotic until you got good at it. <laughs> you had to really be able to blend it in and get really good at it. Is that kind of how that neuro-linguistic is? You've got to learn it and then be able to fit it into your, to the process you're talking about. Well, it is learning that, you know, everything is like creating that muscle memory, creating yeah. practicing. I always say implementers get results. Yeah. So you have to be willing to implement something and then see how does it land with the other person? And can you pick up where like, oh, that didn't land quite like how I wanted it to. So how can I make an adjustment here? I also teach, this is my all-time favorite quote, which is blessed are the flexible for they yeah. shall not be bent out of shape. I don't <laughs> know if you've heard that. <laughs> so I teach a lot with my clients about how to add flexibility to your behavior because you might go into a situation with a, like preconceived notions about what you want to happen, what you think they're going to say. But really that kind of is a mistake. You should go in being really open. Yes, you want to have a plan. Yes, you want to know where you're going, but being willing to make adjustments and be flexible to put the other person at ease, to make it easy for them to make a decision, you know, to give language that is super simple for them to say, yes, I'm in, or no, I'm not, or here's my objection. And, and when you can do that, the conversation flows. I also teach this concept of, of sales, that sales isn't something that you do to somebody. It's something right. you do with somebody. Right. And when you can have conversation, when you can ask strategic questions, when you can build rapport, it becomes this with, um, and we like to collaborate. Like we like to work with people. We like to buy from people who make us feel a part of the process, who treat us with respect, yeah. who are, you know, the people that we like to be around all of that good stuff. What are the, uh, when you go work with organizations or even individuals more so with your corporate clients, you know, sales teams, when they call you, what are they struggling with typically? What what do you know right away that you're typically going to see three key things that where you can impact their sales team? Well, one key thing is very few of them have ever learned how to create curiosity. 
And so uh, because they don't know how to create curiosity and plant seeds that goes along with that, and um, they don't know how to open doors for additional opportunities. It's like, I got this deal, but then I don't know how to, how to even broach like the next deal or the next opportunity. And so I teach this concept of creating curiosity, planting seeds that again, allows for better conversation. So that's one key thing. Right. The other thing is I find that a lot of times they don't really understand how to issue close language. They get the concept of closing the sale, right. but they don't know what to say to initiate that. So I work a lot with them on that, that close language. And then the other thing too is like, well, if they're, especially with corporate clients, like what if there are multiple decisions, decision makers involved? Like how do I create an ambassador? How do I set the person up who's delivering the information to the team and they're going to be making a decision about hiring us or choosing our product? What do I do there? So that's a lot of discussion that happens as well. And how can you create the ambassador who's going to go into that room and have the information and be able to essentially they become like your kind of second round salesperson yeah. in the room. Right. And so you have to create some ambassador there. What would you tell the, uh, and this is probably applicable to, to all ranges, but if you, someone young that's coming out of school or maybe transitioning into a sales role from something else, that's thinking about getting into sales, what would you tell them? Hey, here are some of the things you really need to do to, to be the skill wise, to be that, that sales professional. Well, I think learning really good communication skills, and I know that other guests have shared this on your podcast yeah. as well, yeah. but being a good communicator is so important. And yeah. so really starting to understand where are your blind spots of communication? Where are the places where you think you're giving the information you're supposed to be giving, but actually you've got a blind spot here because you know what you know. Yeah, And when you can start to learn how to put yourself in the perspective of the reader that you're sending information to, or to the person you're in conversation with, did you actually deliver enough information for them to make a decision? Did you ask a question that's specific enough that is going to get you to the root of like, what's the want, what's the desire, what's the need, what's the problem? Yeah. Um, so I find a lot of times we speak as a society in a lot of, um, general terms. And yeah. for a sales professional, you have to know how to get specific and you have to be able to communicate and ask questions in a way that elicits the answer that you need. Like you need that answer in order to earn that business and asking generic general questions. It's never going to get you there. Yeah. What do the top sales pros do that you see different? What's, what's different about them? And, uh, that then from the, the average, or maybe the ones that are, that are struggling when you go into the organizations that you work with, or the individuals that you sit down with, what are the real good ones doing, uh, that you see that you really like right now? Well, one thing is I think even the top sales professionals, people who've been at it for a really long time, the ones that I think are the best are the ones that understand they're always learning like the lifelong learner yeah. um, mentality versus the person that's like, Oh, I've been in sales for 10 years. You can't teach me anything. Yeah. But somebody who comes in is like, Hey, if I just get one thing from you that I can use, I'm open to it. Yeah. Like those people that have that, like I'm, I'm open to it. 
um, I think is super important. And then the other thing about top sales professionals, like with all my background of working with salespeople, hiring salespeople, firing yeah. salespeople and all the stuff that I've done, yeah. I will say that a sales, like the very best of the best have always treated it and acted as if it was their own business. They're that invested yeah. in the success of the company that they work for. Doesn't matter what's on their business card, but they treat it like this is this is my business and they treat the relationships like this is my relationship and I care about this client. I'm gonna take care of this client. I'm gonna do what's best for them. And I always say like, your clients will take care of you if you take care of them. And so I've always seen the very best people have always treated it like, it's their own business and yeah. they take it serious. And that's hard to do. I mean, I think that's mm -hmm. a, a trait or characteristic that if you've got that in one of your salespeople, because that's, that's like you said, I think that's unique. Uh, yeah. In the individual. What yeah. do you see uh, from a sales training standpoint? What do organizations need to improve on uh, from a sales training standpoint in training their sales teams? I know they, when they, they hire you and you, you work with all different sizes, medium, small, and large, probably like you talked about, but what do you see that's really lacking in corporate sales training? Well, I'm going to say first and foremost, that very few companies actually provide any sales training to their right. salespeople. Like that's first, yeah. right? Like yeah. they don't tend to actually want to, want to give any ongoing training. Um, I also think that they don't they don't, it's very rare for a company to hire me to come in and do some, like actually deliver training and then allow for me to do some coaching one-on-one -on -one with a salesperson. And yet that's where some of the like greatest results can happen is that, yeah. and I have had companies obviously that invest in coaching for their, their team and not just for people who are underperforming, but even the people who are performing, the people who they want to advance the people they want to move into a higher, you know, more visible sales position, all of those types of things. When they invest in allowing that person to work with a coach, that's not their manager. Cause that's the other thing is they often think like it's the manager manager's job to teach this salesperson how to sell or how to improve their selling skills. But I find that if I come in as a coach and I give them the same advice their sales manager gives them, oftentimes they're they're much more open to taking my advice because it doesn't come with any like, there's no motive. I'm not attached right. to, right? And so even though the sales manager might be an awesome salesperson and have a lot of skill, by having an outside person who isn't like invested in the company, you know, doesn't like, I'm not getting the paycheck. Like they're not, you know, right. they're ultimately not my boss that, um, that, that idea of ongoing coaching, because sometimes it's the, it's the things that they don't know how to ask. It's the things they don't know how to articulate to their boss or are afraid to, frankly, like yeah. this is a struggle for me that they can share with somebody who's an outsider and be really candid and vulnerable yeah. And then I can give them suggestions and skills and they come back and they're like, dang, that worked. And now, you know, what's next? And they're super excited and engaged. And ultimately that makes the company money. Yeah. Yeah. They don't feel that, uh, that threat, like you're talking about, you're a third party or, you know, you, you don't have that, uh, there's no intention there, you know, that, that they feel, uh, threatened by. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. 
what's changed for you right now in the, the pandemic? I know things are opening up, but what do you see changing in the sales profession, you know, that we've gone through in the last year with this pandemic? Well, I think the most obvious is that, you know, a lot of salespeople who used to go out and do like the, you know, on-site meetings and things like that, that's not really happening anymore. And so how can you still schedule in meetings, do them virtually and still have an impact? So yeah. I'm working with a lot of salespeople right now who were so used to the face-to-face -face meetings, the, you know, whining and dining clients and all of that, that they feel like they can't do anymore. And so really working with them to give them ideas of how to still make that, that client feel special and still make the, the meeting meaningful, yeah. but doing it over, you know, zoom. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I've I heard someone tell me the other day that this just kind of accelerated uh, what was kind of already starting to happen online with sales and some of the things. It just kind of accelerated. We were kind of getting there. I'm, I'm glad to see things opening back up somewhat. And, uh, and I, I think we'll get there eventually. But I think you're right. The whole online, the Zoom, communicating with the, with the customers is huge. Yeah. Tell me about your, uh, your podcast. So you're a year into your podcast. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but tell yeah. the listeners about your podcast and, and what some of the things you talk about on it, the, the sales Maven podcast and, uh, and, and when is that, uh, where they can get a hold of that and, and how they listen. Thank you for asking. And yes, we're one year, one year in this week. It's uh, pretty exciting. So the format of the podcast is I do individual episodes where I'm actually teaching a sales technique concept. Okay. I also do on-air coaching calls with clients, which the listeners have really responded positively to because okay. sometimes it's nice to be the fly on the wall. Yeah. Like she's not coaching me so I can sit back and I can listen and, Oh, you know, will she say this or that, or what's going to happen? And, yeah. um, and then the third, the third Avenue that I do is I do client success stories and sharing oh, about, cool. because I, because I really preach this implementers get results. I love to bring on clients that have implemented techniques and talk about how did they implement it? What kind of results they get? What was their like aha moment? And so those have been really popular as well. So that's the three types of segments that happen in the podcast. And yeah, there's at this point, there's, I don't know, 50 some, obviously 50 some episodes. Yeah. Uh, I think we're almost at 60 cause we launched, I think with five, but um yeah. So lots of, lots of, uh, lots of information there as a salesperson, if you're wanting to up your game, I actually have, uh, a family member who is in the, um, car sales industry and he started listening to my podcast. So now he calls me and he's like, you know, that thing you said on the podcast about, <laughs> which makes me laugh. <laughs> they're listening. That's a yeah, good thing. They're listening. Yeah. How, how important is sales culture in what you teach and, and when you talk to, to companies and individuals and then more companies from a sales culture standpoint, and then setting up a sales organization from a structure standpoint, what, where do those two fall in place? Well, I think, I mean, without sales, what do you have? Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have much, right? As far right. as a company, if you're not generating revenue, what are you doing? So your sales, I think your sales culture and, and setting up a really strong sales organization is 
crucial to the success of the company. And I have worked in many large organizations, some that have treated the salespeople like they were very much a part of everything that was going on. I remember working at Hitachi in, in particular that, you know, our engineers sat in the meetings with us. Our engineers went on calls with us. Wow. Our marketing people sat in meetings with us. And we discussed like the operations and all of that. And then going for a company, you know, I worked for a company for a short time where they didn't want the salespeople even in the office. Like we were never allowed to speak to the engineers. We were not allowed to give input to marketing and the difference in the um, success. I mean, it was night and day difference and how engaged everybody was. So I think it's really important that, everybody in the organization has some interaction with sales and that sales has some interaction with the different departments because sales really is your front line. They they are the people who are having the conversations with your clients. And if you're not listening to what your clients are saying, you're probably not going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Where's the best place for the people that are listening to get in touch with you and if they want to get in touch with you and and to get your books and really just to connect with you uh, from the sales maven standpoint? Well, thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, I always like to give a gift when I come on a podcast. So this will be a way for us to connect, but it'll be something yeah. that you can use. <laughs> so it's an ebook called Closing the Sale. And it's all about like boosting confidence. And I talk about the last three steps of the selling staircase in there. Yeah. You can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash vitamin for your listeners. All right. Awesome. So all of you listeners get to that, uh, get to that, uh, website and download that. And, uh, yeah. that is great. And get to the website. Uh, it's, uh, yoursalesmaven.com, correct? Yoursalesmaven.com forward slash vitamin. And then you'll download, and then we'll be connected. And of course you can find me on social media as well. Nikki Roush. I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. So one last question I ask all my, my guests this and, uh, if you had one sales vitamin to hand out today, you've only got one and uh, whether it's to a corporate team or an individual, what's that one sales vitamin you want to leave the listeners with? I'm going to say my sales vitamin is you can absolutely ask just about any question as long as you frame it properly and you pay attention to the way your facial expressions, your uh, voice quality and never be afraid to ask a client a question you absolutely need the answer to. Just pay attention to how you ask it. All right. That's a great sales vitamin. That's more than one sales vitamin. So you guys, oh, all okay. you listeners, you got an extra vitamin there. You got a multi-pack vitamin. Uh, <laughs> so Nikki Roush, the sales maven, make sure you check her out. Uh, you guys are going to love this episode. And uh, so excited to have you on the show today, Nikki, and uh, all the information. And I look forward to uh, and appreciate all your work that you've done from a sales professional and just the way you've, uh, uh, all the things you've done for the industry. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's it for today's Sales Vitamin. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and please leave a review. It'll mean a lot. Whatever platform you listen on, hit the subscribe button. Have a great day and remember, take your Sales Vitamin.